Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. Sky Podcast. We are your hosts, Stephen and Kyle, and we are back today with round three of the Bledsoe Saga. We're gonna do things a little differently because Kyle's put in a fuck ton of work, a lot digging into this. Uh, we won't do a listener encounter today or a shout out or anything. We're just gonna do the business and get straight to it. That being said, check us out all our social medias: Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok. Come join up, hang out with us. Be part of this lovely community we're creating. You know the drill. If you have a paranormal encounter that you'd like for us to feature on a future episode, Kyle will tell you how to do it. Well, today I'm just going to tell you to reference the show notes. I don't have the phone number pulled up, and I don't have it memorized because I'm not good with numbers. (laughs) Then you can also uh, write it out, email it to us, send it over to the phone, through text, uh, any of the socials. You can record yourself using your smartphone, shoot it over to the email, which is going to be hollowskypodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. If you listen to the show, you know you know the drill. Yeah, like by now you should understand. If you'd like to support the show, look at the show notes. We got a shirt store, merch store. You can check out our Patreon, figure out any tiers you'd like to uh, support us that way. We've got a Venmo. If you want to shoot us some monster change, that's cool. We love all you guys. Uh, best thing you can do is word of mouth. Yeah, absolutely. Grassroots. Spread the hollow sky love. Tell all your friends. Tell their friends. Just tell people. Tell people who aren't your friends. Tell your enemies. It doesn't matter. Just get our name out there. Everyone. Yeah. The more, the bigger the community we get, the better. That's what it boils down to. So, tell everyone you know. Shout it from the rooftops. Take an ad out in your local paper. Please and thank you. And just rent a billboard. I mean, you could if you wanted to. Yeah, that's. I'm not going to tell you not to. Probably best case scenario, really. <clears throat> but we are diving right in yeah. to Bloodso 3.0. So 
Let's get it. Yeah, this episode is probably going to be a little long. Uh, I would like to, before I actually get into it, I'm going to talk a little bit about I was able to watch the documentary I referenced in the last episode. And it was on Discovery, I believe. Um, okay, so real, th- well, A, I remember I told you that from the regression, they had, they had one line in the entire documentary. It was about the children being let out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's not 100% true. They did have a couple other lines here and there. And I only noticed that because we had talked about the regression. They didn't really ultra imply this is the regret, but they were so cut up that they weren't, they weren't, they didn't have any relevance at all to them. They were just like, they're randomly playing it. And I, I will agree that it, it was a weird, if it was a hit piece, it was a weird hit piece because they didn't, they didn't like mock him directly or even, in the doc, the quote unquote documentary, I don't, I don't even, re- I wouldn't even count it as a documentary because I feel like I clicked on it to watch it through Amazon and I felt like it was part of a series, like a TV series they were working on. Yeah. So it was a 45 minute episode with commercial breaks. So uh, imagine trying to shove this whole story. Oh, that's into that type no of a frame. So convoluted. Well, and the other downside of it was that they brought up a bunch of bullshit, mental psyche shit. It was like they planted a small seed in your head, like this dude could be crazy. Oh yeah. And but they would all like they brought in a psychiatrist, and she's like, "Well, we ran this test on him, and it shows that he could be this, but I don't think so by talking to him." But I'm like, "You just planted a seed of doubt yeah, in yeah, everybody's why, head. Why would you even say it if you don't think it? You know exactly." Like, and then they brought the the um lie detector test guy in and all that stuff. So it, it sounds like a dumpster fire. Yeah. And then they, another thing I caught that they did was, and I, I'm almost hundred percent positive. They did it on purpose, but Chris was telling them about like how he saw these lights in the sky, these UFOs and whatnot. Well, they made a visual recreation of it and played it for him. And I think they were trying to catch him off. But as he's watching these these recreations, he's like, no, 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 you got it wrong. That one's supposed to be over here. And I'm like, they're trying to fucking get you. Yeah, That's what yeah. they were doing. They were trying to get you Just, to discredit yourself. I, that's, that's one of the things that I like love so much about what I know about the case is he seems like such a genuine person. Like he has no ulterior motives yeah. to embellish the story. Right, exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. He he sticks to it to a T. I mean, obviously, there, there's going to be... To, and I, I actually think this adds more to it. Like, I've listened to a lot of conversation between him and Richard Dolan, him and his son. I've read a lot. And there are subtle discrepancies, right? between his story, but he's human and it's, you think it's more like remembering as opposed to embellishing. Yes. Because yeah. everyone does that. I mean, cause this encounter happened in what, 2008. Yeah. That's a long, and time. he's trying to recount it in 2019 with Richard Dolan, I believe. 
yeah, there's going to be a couple discrepancies. And it's not like they're massive, right? I And the only reason why I can catch it is because I just watched this thing or I just did this. Yeah, it's fresh. It's fresh in my mind, whereas his, that's that's years and years and years ago. So you're going to forget little details like that. So I just wanted to, I really wanted to just correct myself because in the last episode I said there was only one line from the aggression. And I, I got that from his son's podcast, Bledsoe Said So. And also another thing to take into account, A, we weren't there for the behind the scenes of this documentary. And B, another thing to highly consider, the Bledsoe's were not happy with MUFON and Discovery for handling that situation the way they did. So th there's a little bit of saltiness yeah, when it yeah. comes to that too. So, yeah. you know, and not not faulting them for that at all because I would do the same shit. If somebody ran a smear camp campaign on me, I'm not going to be happy about it. No. But this episode, if we can get as far as I want to, is I think this one is the cream of the crop from his entire experience. This one, I literally messaged Steve, and I was like, I have had my hands on my head staring at my keyboard for like the past 10 minutes. I feel like I'm going crazy. <laughs> I'm excited. So Easter of 2012 is when he came into contact with a being that he refers to as the lady. So when Mufon left the Bledsoe's, his family was more or less in this state of turmoil. Chris calls it the five years of darkness from 2007 to 2012 at this point chris had decided to never speak about this event again and you have to remember you know he didn't want to talk about it because of how much ridicule ridicule he went through in his hometown his children were being ridiculed at school he just had a lot of negative stuff going on so he's like you know what i'm done talking about it i'm over it after mufon left there were a lot of high profile scientists that began you know, knocking on Mr. Bledsoe's door. One of them being Hal Pollenmeyer, a NASA lifer. Apparently when MUFON left, they deleted all the files on the case as well. It seems like they just, they abandoned it. They just were like, all right, we, we're done. See you later. We got what we needed from you. Goodbye. That's weird. Right? You know, which in, in my opinion would further prove that at the time and i'm sure it still is but at this particular time mufon was infiltrated by the government to help not only smear, smear the blood sows but to make the story more or less disappear because in the documentary they plant that seed of crazy several times and they're like all right the job is done bouncing out discredit campaign uh, achieved right so for these five years, Chris had tons and tons of orbs appearing around his property. It was getting to the point where they were having people over to witness these orbs. By orbs, I assume it was, you know, these these lights in the sky were... And I think a lot of people will get confused because I initially was. You'd think these orbs were UFOs, but they are not. In one case, there was a gold norm that was about 100 feet up roughly around the size of a school bus. Chris ran back inside and grabbed a brand new camera to take photos of this. When he did, it said memory card error. It ended up breaking his camera. Chris says that the orbs will, will change sizes as well. It could be the size of a firefly and turn into the size of a car. They'll leave burn marks in his yard as they travel. 
when they stop, or at least when one of them stopped, they left a 16-foot circle in his yard, like burnt into the grass. So at this point, Richard Dolan asked Chris if he felt heat coming off the orbs. Chris says no, but he's been warned by scientists and the Catholic Church to stay away from these orbs because they give off plasma radiation. In the Catholic Church? More so, the fucking Vatican. What? Contacts from the Vatican told him this, not to touch these beings. What? Yeah. Which that one there threw me for a loop, too. I'm like, why would the Vatican be reaching out about touching these things? Yeah. Like, what... Do they know exactly aside from everything exactly in the library beneath it? But so, oh, what the hell? So, when you see the light from these orbs, it gives you information, and we've heard this before with uh UFO contactees where almost like people think they're having information downloaded into them, yeah, yeah, for sure. And Mr. Bledsoe references this quite a few times throughout what I've seen in documentaries and stuff. And he, he does. He just says, like, when you look at when I look at these lights, I gain knowledge. They send knowledge to me. Which is pretty pretty interesting. So Chris gets this feeling about how he needs to start talking about his experience. But as a father, he feels like he needs to protect his children from all the bullshit that's been going on in their life. The church at this time claim that it's all demonic and MUFON rejects it and brushes him off. But the entities are telling them he needs to share his story. So one night Chris is laying in bed sleeping. It's roughly three in the morning. I'm listening to Chris tell his part and it makes me kind of borderline shit myself. And this is one of the things that I kind of interject with my own experience. Okay. Before we get, before we hit that. Are, are MUFON and the Catholic Church butting heads as to what it was? Because that's kind of how that read. Like, the I, church is saying it's demonic and MUFON rejects their... No, and I don't think I meant it that way. Okay. <clears throat> I think that... MUFON just rejects a story as a whole. Yes. Like, you okay. have two different people that are kind of supposed to be helping him, and they're like, nope, see yeah, ya. Right on. I didn't <clears throat> know if, like, yeah. they were... They were going at one another. Right. I'm like, that adds a weird dynamic yeah, to the situation. <laughs> but anyways... And I actually messaged Mr. Bledsoe, and I got a response on this particular thing I'm about to bring up. But Nice. Boots on the ground. Right. I'm listening to Chris tell his part, and he says that he's asleep. And what happens? He hears a voice, which he said sounds like it comes from a loudspeaker. But this voice tells him to arise. So he shoots up and asks who's here. But before I go any farther, I have said on here before that I get woken up by a woman's voice saying my name. Yeah, I messaged Mr. Bledsoe about this. Because I'm like, dude, I just read this, and this is kind of blowing my socks off. Told him what is going on, and you can tell Mr. Bledsoe is a very private person, and I'm sure he gets barraged by a lot of people. And also, there's a the fact that we do have a podcast, so he might think that we're digging for information. And anyways... He was like, Kyle, there's a beautiful woman who is here to save us all. You might be hearing her call. What? What? That's that's what he said to me. More or less, anyways. 
because he 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 this this woman is a very important figure in his life now. Like and it, it <laughs> I just want to hurry up and get through this part because it gets so <laughs> fucking crazy. <laughs> like it, it's it's insane. Anyways, so you know it, the voice tells him to arise, so he shoots up and asks who's here. As he's looking around, he notices some shadowy movement in the corner of his room. He said at this point he goes into a trance-like state. He gets dressed and walks out the back of the house. He is now following these shadow beings, but he's not following them because he's in this trance state. So he's walking towards the woods where he had the encounter with the small being in his yard. When he said, I surrender, and, you know, the being was like, oh, we're here to help you. Anyways, he's following these shadowy hooded figures, three in total, which seems that these things, apparently they travel in threes quite often. The beings were roughly six feet tall, kind of transparent. Chris thinks they wear this cloak or whatever it is to keep from blinding people that witness them. Once again, a more a more angelic you know, description. All of a sudden, an object which looks like a two... <laughs> This is the most bizarre. This is his words. An object which looked like a tubed pack of hamburger, also furry, but it was placed into his hands. And he said it felt like it was a living creature. It kind of freaked him out and he drops it. As he goes to pick it back up, he hears a voice tell him, This is yours to keep. Then the beings vanish. So he picks it up and walks a few steps towards his, fa- his father's dog kennel, opens one of the kennels and puts this thing in the kennel, closes the door, and he's like, all right, I feel a lot better that this thing is in there and I'm out here. All of a sudden, he feels a rush of air and the trees in front of him disappear, almost like a portal opens. Then he sees a bull rushing him. This bull knocks him down and runs over top of him. He said the bull was transparent as it ran over top. So Chris rolls to his stomach to find the bull and to get to his feet to take off running. As he gets to his feet and see, instead of seeing this bull, he sees a beautiful woman in front of him. Her dress was sparkling. It was white. And it was, it had a very Roman feel to it. And she said, and he said that she had blonde hair and blue eyes. Chris said that, she was the most beautiful woman he's ever seen in his life. She looks at Chris and says, you know why I'm here. This is your burden. You must keep. You don't want to believe you strayed. You don't want to believe what you've been told to tell. So she appears because Briss, or Chris has been so hesitant on telling his story. If you tell this story, I will be there with you and I will guide you. Some of the things she shares with Chris, he refuses to share because they are apparently prophecies. But he says he had to write them down and send them to certain people. Now, through through a lot of my research, he basically will write letters to the Pentagon. He has to send letters to the Pentagon about this shit. Uh, yeah. About the prophecies? Yeah, some of the prophecies. What? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. 
Yep. Uh, I I uh, I I wonder if that's orders from the beings or orders from the Pentagon. I think I think it's the Pentagon. I don't think the, I don't think the beings care. But he's crazy. According to the documentary. Yeah. Like, yo, <laughs> this guy's off his rocker, but the Pentagon's exactly. like, yo, all all this all this craziness you're dealing with, send that shit to us. Yeah. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And he's had he's had CIA, he's had high ranking scientists at his doorstep. I mean, he's had legit things going on. And I use crazy in the most sarcastic yeah. quotations I possibly can. Yeah. So apparently within the seven years of this happening, some of her prophecies have come true. I have I was unable to find any of these prophecies. Apparently somebody I was reading, somebody mentioned something about a sub and a warhead, but I could not find anything as as hard as I tried. Uh, after this, things just started to fall into place. People heard about his encounter with the lady. With that, he gets asked to come to a conference and speak about it. But everyone wants to hear about his river event, which is, is his first major experience with the, the UFOs and all that. But he tells everyone, and almost not by himself, almost like it was being relayed through him. In Baja, California there will be an earthquake measuring 7.8 on the Richter scale in September 23 of that year. We'll take a wild guess at what happened. There was an earthquake. Earthquake. Yes. So was it, did it match the same? I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it did. Anyway, so Mufon calls him that summer and asks him to come to a conference to be to meet a Dr. Pasalka, who I am going to write an episode on this lady, maybe even try to t- reach out to her. So she happened to be there during this first convention. And I'm, I'm curious about this because I was trying to find it to put in here. And I, 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 I'm assuming it's probably in one of her books or something, but... While she was with Chris, the two of them had what she would describe as a life-changing event. And from this, they formed a very close friendship. And at this point, she starts to help Chris research on everything he's been going through. Fast forward a few months, uh, Dr. Pasalka calls him and asks if he would meet with these friends of hers. Chris isn't feeling it and says, I have to wait for a sign from the lady. Day after day, Diana calls, asking if he's seen a sign, and he never does. Well, one night, Chris heads out to smoke a cigarette, and it had been raining for roughly two days straight. All of a sudden, he sees these sparks come out of a tree, and he has video of this tree. But this tree caught fire all by itself, which if you're going to go to a... If you're going to maintain his narrative on this religious context, the burning bush. I was about, I was about to say it. Yeah. The burning bush. Well, his wife's freaking out and basically runs out there with a hose and she's able to put the fire out. 
Midnight comes. She walks by the window because she's she's pretty she's pretty confused and kind of freaked out at this tree just catching fire by itself. Maybe she had a lot on her mind as well. Either way, she's walking around the house. Midnight comes. She walks by the window. Tree's on fire again. She runs back out there, puts it out. Once again, at 3 o'clock in the morning, tree catches fire again. So Chris takes this as his sign to meet up with Diana or Dr. Pasalka. With this encounter of the burning tree, a lot of scientists came to investigate. Some of the scientists were even from MIT. Also, this experience caught more attention with the government and certain programs. Dr. Pasalka was even concerned for Chris's well-being in regards to all the government attention. Which kind of, you know, that's a red flag right there, the fact that she's she's worried about what he's getting himself into. Yeah. Yeah. Now, during the interview with Richard Dolan, Richard asked, what do you think the lady in white is? Chris said he thinks we can't even comprehend what she is. Other than that, she is everything. After this experience, Chris begins to become obsessed with nature. He, you know, back in the day, Chris was able to to hunt and just, he even uses the reference smash bugs. Uh, he's, he, he had some of his animals mounted on the walls. But after this experience with her, he doesn't really say why. And I'm assuming just the connection with this woman but he's like, I, I cannot do any of it. I can't even smash a bug. He's like, if I hurt them, anything, anything living, I will start crying. Chris thinks that everything living is a part of her. Chris says that if something above is trying to send a message, they wouldn't send a big scary thing. They would send something like her to communicate its message. So I'll jump into some other things I found in regards to the lady. On Bledsoe Said So... They have another regression, which was done by a Barbara Lamb. Ryan says that Chris remembers everything with this lady, but they wanted to use her in, in this regression format to see if there, was, there were aspects of it that Chris didn't remember. And apparently after the regression and all of it, you know, Chris re-clarifies, like, no, I, I mean, that's everything I went through. So he, for all this next shit that you hear in the regression, this is Chris's encounter like full encounter with the lady um ryan says that this encounter even drew attention from tom DeLong, timothy taylor jim simeon simeon john b alexander and that diana walsh pasalka right off the rip ryan talks about the and this is this is pretty interesting so in this episode, and you have to keep in context here that they are they are doubling down on a religious aspect to it. But Ryan says the last time this lady was seen was the miracle of Fatima. They think this is a real deity, a goddess, and that, that's his words. Now, for those that aren't familiar with the miracle of Fatima, I'll run through it you know, rather quickly. It was a small village in Fatima, Portugal, on May 13, 1917. The Blessed Virgin Mary appeared to three young peasant children, Francisco, Jacinta, and Lucia, ages 10, 9, and 7. These children were tending the sheep when a lady in white, more brilliant than the sun, 
indescribably beautiful, standing above a bush appearing to the youngsters. From May through October, the lady appeared and spoke with the children. On the 13th day of each month, the children began to tell everyone about the experience. They said that she told them that God had sent her with a message for every man, woman, and child living in the century. She promised God would grant peace to the entire world if her request for prayer, reparation, and concentration were heard and obeyed. It seemed like it was a split. A lot of the people in the village 100% believed, and the other ones basically were like, you kids are just pulling a joke, this is ridiculous. You know, which in an encounter like this, that'd be kind of par for the course, especially if you held it as on the religious side of it. It finally became known that she would appear for the last time on October 13th, 1917, and that she promised a sign that would convince the world she had appeared. A lot of people decided they were going to attend this meeting. The region went through three days of torrential downpours. Nevertheless, 70,000 people traveled through it to the place where she had been appearing. Now, when all these people got there, the clouds suddenly separated and the sun appeared between them, like a disk of white fire. The people could look at the sun without blinking, and while they gazed upward, the huge ball began to dance. The huge fireball whirled rapidly with dizzy and sickening speed, flinging out all sorts of brilliant colors that reflected on the faces of the crowd. The fiery ball continued to gyrate in this manner, three times, then seemingly to tremble and shudder and plunge in a zigzag course towards the earth. At this point, the crowd becomes terrified because they think it's the end of the world. But then the quote-unquote sun stopped and reversed its course back to the sky. After it left, the crowd was, as you can imagine, amazed, and they were laugh- some were laughing, cheering, crying. And one thing that I found really strange about this was that it says many of the people that attended noticed that their clothes were completely dry now. <laughs> like, that almost sounds like a case of missing time. Oh, I didn't, yeah, I didn't even think of that. Holy shit. Yeah, like a, like a mass abduction. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying it is, but that seems like a case, like, because they didn't, they didn't say anything about he coming off of it or anything like that. So I, the only thing I could like, wrap my brain around is they were, they had missing time. Yeah. They were taking it long enough to dry out. Yeah. <clears throat> And this, if this, like, they're tying this into the Bledsoe case, it definitely explains why the Catholic Church is so interested. Yeah. Now, after all this, people would be, you know, these people would hound the children as to what they had been told by the lady. It was known as the quote-unquote secret and was in three parts. The first was a frightening vision of hell where the sounds of poor sinners go and contained an urgent plea from Our Lady for acts of prayer and sacrifice to save souls with particular emphasis on praying of the rosary and devotion to the immaculate heart of Mary. The second part of the secret prophesized the outbreak of world war II, very specifically and contain, contained 
the prediction of the immense damage that Russia would do to humanity by abandoning the Christian faith and embracing communist totalitarianism. The third part was not revealed until 2000. Its revelation coincided with the beautification of Francisco and Jacinta. It did not contain any striking or cataclysmic prediction, but instead the vision supported and affirmed the immense suffering endured by witnesses of faith in the last century of the second millennium. Sister Lucia, the surviving member of the Fatima Trio, confirmed that in the vision the bishop, the bishop clothed in white, who prays for all the faithful, is the Pope, as he makes his way to the cross amid the corpses of those who were martyred, he too falls to the ground, apparently dead, under a hail of gunfire. It is possible that the vision predicted the 1981 attack on Pope John Paul's life. And that was that was this little piece that I found on, you know, the whole <coughs> miracle of Fatima. And I, I found it relevant and interesting because it... it it heavily ties to UFO lore, but if if you're listening to this story and you're you're contemplating the thought of celestial beings, it also ties to that narrative as well. Because I, I mean, I I'm prepared to say that I don't think that Mister Bledsoe is experiencing ET interaction i think it's something else i don't know what it is and for me celestial would be the easiest way because that's the only basically the only description i got right now yeah 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 but if, when they you almost, go further through this stuff i don't think i don't think they are what we would consider aliens what i would consider aliens now could you could you feed in your uh dimensional aspect to it yes but when I think of ETs, I think of things from other planets within our universe, right? That's what I consider an ET. My brain, my brain's going a hundred different directions. Oh, it's going to get way worse. <clears throat> so, is are they are they pushing the narrative that the White Lady is the Virgin Mary? I think so. <clears throat> okay. I'm not 100% so, sure because I don't that's, that's remember if he actually, because he references a lot like the Trinity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. the father, the mother. So, and so. That has my <clears throat> going. Like. Oh, it's going to get way fucking weirder. What if these entities are playing into our need for religion? Absolutely. Definitely possible. So, like all, all of these sightings that we think are of a holy, heavenly nature, are actually just of something that we don't know a goddamn thing about. Possible, and it's it's funny because no matter what, no matter which way, by the end of this, I I promise you, I still believe Mister Bledsoe. Oh, and yeah. his experience. I'm just wondering. I, what like, I don't know the narrative, uh, but it is ironic because I know off air, you and me have had this conversation on dimensional entities, 
and you were even joking around and you're like like because you know you throw that reference like ants don't realize what we are they can't perceive what we are basically yeah and you threw the reference you know going up the the dimensional chain there but i, I specifically remember you going and it might have been in regards to the acacia strain album where you were like there could be entities out there who stumble onto us and are like you know what i'm just gonna act like i'm their god or this or or that or you know what i mean yeah. and it just yeah it resonates. It really does. Cause that's, that's like, that's, that's totally it. You know, like what if there is like, like we talked about an entity that just stumbled on our little planet and they see all of us, you know, worshiping these symbols and worshiping, you know, these, these, these beings and stuff. And this, this entity is like, I can step in here. Oh yeah, you know? and another thing. I can step in here, dog. Before we get into this regression, uh, and it's long, so buckle up. But um, you were kind of right in that last regression because I was I was listening to Ryan and Mister Bledsoe talk, and it's another reason why the I don't want to say they I don't want to single them out, but this religious narrative that they're 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 carrying in that one part the um celestial beings were saying we created you they were saying that ryan clarified that in the last interview i watched that's how when you when you read it that first time i'm like they are they are trying to step above what he feels is god is how i how i took it yeah i don't know if that's the case or not but him because that was... Ryan and his father seem to believe that these beings of light created humanity. Yeah, when he, because I feel like I almost feel like Chris said, you know, I no, I believe in I believe in God, and they're like, well, okay, well, we we created you, hence we and, are. And God. when you and it <laughs> is it is kind of now that I I see it that way, your angle on it makes a lot more sense. Like, cause like you said, he referenced God yeah. and creation and they, and they go, okay. Like you're saying like, they're like, okay, well we created you. Therefore we are your God. Yeah. yeah. That, that's how it played out to me. Like they were right, like almost, almost, almost mocking him in, in a way. It could have been like just this low key. Like they're just, they're just almost denying the religious aspect. You know, he's like, why? Well, you know that this you cannot be the creator. I believe in a creator, and they're right. like, we are that creator. Right. Absolutely, yeah, and it, it makes a lot more sense when, like I said, and Ryan, re- you know, clarified it for me, and which makes me like this this whole thing, like how how you're tying this this lady that he's seeing into now to all these visions of the Virgin Mary and Fatima and all and all of this like. It's almost like they are playing right in to our need to have something looking over us. Right. And I, I mean, think of I, how, I how long humanity has called out prayers and just sent all that energy into the universe. Maybe something has decided to answer back and it's not God. Well, it's funny that you say it that way because there's been multiple times in multiple cases we've looked at where like this the psyche like 
almost like telekinesis. No, telepathy. Like that is the preferred communication between these, whether they're celestials yeah. or ETs or whatever they are, or you, you have the, the raw energy that you're able to push out. That I mean, it's yeah, highly it, possible it, it, that what, like you're saying, what like, is prayer? It's just we spread it out in such a buckshot pattern, and something caught it and goes, "Oh, I can, I can be your god. We can make this happen." I mean, it makes That's sense. Terrifying. <clears throat> it is terrifying. That is terrifying. Like that is awful. Yeah. Because because yep. what the hell are we gonna do when they start answering back? And it's the message didn't fucking get to who he wanted it to get. Right. It got intercepted somewhere yeah. along the way by some ah, dude, I don't know. That just blew my blew oh. my brain up. A like I said, bit. it's it's about to get way fucking weirder, dude. So I'm gonna go ahead and start this regression. It is between Barbara and Chris. And Barbara states or asks, Now you're getting ready to experience the whole of the experience when the lady came in 2012. What is it you're aware of? Chris, as you're sleeping, is your wife sleeping in bed there with you? Chris says, no, no, I'm alone. Barbara, do you sense yourself being in bed alone? Chris, yes, I see a door. At this point, Chris starts to cry. Oh, Lord, I see a door. It's light and opening. It's in the ceiling. There's a hole, an opening. And I'm being drawn up. Barbara, they're drawing you up out of the bed? Chris, yes. Barbara, what position do you think you are and if you are being drawn up? Chris, I'm being pulled up. Barbara, are you vertical or horizontal? Chris, I'm flat. I'm beginning to go from flat to vertical and I see the attic in my house. Barbara, and do you stay there? Chris, no, I'm being pulled higher and higher to the light. Barbara, are you being pulled up right up to the ceiling? Chris, towards the ceiling. I can see the rafters in the attic. I can see the attic. I can see all this stuff. Barbara, is there any light in there? Chris, just the light that's pulling me. Barbara, and is it continuing to pull you? Chris, it pulls me higher and higher and higher and higher. I see the trees. Barbara, oh, you're outside now? Chris, yes, I see the trees and being drawn up higher into this beautiful light. Barbara, is that beautiful light above you? Chris, yes, yes. I'm being carried away. I'm being carried away. Barbara, are you carried toward the light or in another direction? Chris, to the light. And I feel the light. I feel it. It's warm and it's loving. And he starts to cry. Barbara, it really moves you, doesn't it? Chris, yes, the energy. It's it's wonderful feeling. I can feel this beautiful presence. This wonderful presence of the love. Barbara, and it's very large. Chris, it's pretty large. A door. Light is like the size of a door. That's what it looks like, a doorway. And I feel it. It feel it's wonderful, loving feeling. And I hear these voices telling me I'll be fine. They're telling me not to be afraid. 
that they're here to guide me, to help me. Barbara. And as this is happening to you, who is telling you this? Chris is crying. They're, wel- they're welcoming, welcoming me to the light. Barbara. So does it feel like you're actually going into the light? Chris. Yes. I'm being pulled into the light. They're calling me. They're beautiful. They're growing. They're very tall and glowing. Loving. There are three of them. Barbara. Does it seem like you've ever seen these beings before? Chris. Yes, I've seen them. I know them. They're the guardians, the angels. They're the same ones that came when I was sick. Barbara. And did they help you when you were sick? Chris. Yes, yes. They came when I was sick, when I was crying out. They came, they took me into the light, and they're back. It's the same beautiful, loving. They're angels. Angels. They're standing above me and calling me. Beautiful and loving. Their presence is so amazing, and I keep their presence within me. I feel that connection. I've never forgotten that. That's how I know they're here. Barbara. So they've welcomed you into the light, and you're there now with them. Chris. Yes, I'm in the bubble. This bubble, they're there with me. Barbara. Is there anyone else with you as well? Chris. I only feel these three beings, and they're telling me to come with them. I have to go with them. They have somewhere special to take me. Barbara. Now, before you go with them, can you describe what these three beings look like? Chris. Yes, they're very, they're very lovely and tall. Very tall. Much taller than I am. Maybe seven feet. And they're glowing. Beautiful and radiant. They're pale in color. Bluish white. They're emitting light from their being. It's light. It's like they're made of light. I can barely see their faces, but they're glowing, so you have to be close to see the details. But I see their eyes are glowing beautiful, and I hear the singing, this wonderful singing. A choir. A choir. A lovely choir singing and praising love. It's vibrating from my soul. Chris, they come from, they come from me. For the mother, she wants to see me. Mother sent them for me. They're telling me that the mother wants to see me. Barbara. Now, did your mother die from this physical life? Chris. No. The mother. The mother. The love. I hear many voices singing praises of love and joy, and they're taking me to her. Barbara. Are you doing that in a kind of floating way? Chris. We're in a bubble. Barbara. Is the bubble moving? Chris. Yes, moving very fast. I can see through the bubble. I see Earth as it's getting smaller and smaller and smaller. As I look back and they're there with me, I can see far away, far out in the stars and the heavens clearly. It's beautiful. It's all beautiful and love. We're traveling far away to where I don't know. But I feel that I'm bathed in a huge ball of light. It's just loving. Wonderful vibration. And my whole body is vibrating. I feel it now. And we're beginning to approach this place. I don't know where. I don't know where we've gone. It seems like Egypt. It's like like a desert. There are these canyons. I can see walls that are vertical to my right and my left. And as we gently float to the surface, I'm with them. 
and the sand is so warm and beautiful and dry. It looks like a desert with canyon walls on either side. I can see far away, far up and ahead, this light down the canyon. It's just like, it's just like beautiful lights. Barbara, and does it seem to be nighttime or daytime? Chris, it's nighttime and the light is illuminating out the path. And we're being pulled to that light and I'm walking ahead and I can feel their presence around me and I can hear them. Barbara, are you actually walking with your feet on the ground? Chris, yes, this beautiful golden sand beneath my feet. It's warm and comfortable. And this light is way ahead, a long way ahead. The beings are around me and they're taking me up towards the light and I feel the light around me. I feel the light ahead. It's drawing me, pulling me closer and I can hear them. I hear them plainly. I hear them talking amongst each other. Barbara, are there other beings that in that light? Chris, just the three that are with me that brought me to this beautiful place. They're bringing me to this light in the canyon that is way ahead, and we're making our way towards this light. And I hear them speaking to one another, but I don't hear what they're saying. I just heard this beautiful language. Gorgeous, beautiful. Chris begins to cry. It's permeating my, my being, but I don't understand it. It's a heavenly language, and we're headed towards this light. This light is illuminating the floor of the canyon and the walls as we get closer. And I make a turn to my left, and the light I can see is coming from around that turn. It's so bright. It's illuminating our paths, and we're not seeing the light yet because it's around the bend, and we're being drawn closer. They're taking me with them, or walking with me, bringing me to this beautiful light, this beautiful bluish-white light. Barbara, and is there any change of temperature as you get closer to the light? Chris, it's just beautiful, warm, and lovely. My feet. I can feel this beautiful golden warm sand. It's so comfy beneath my feet, and the light's drawing me in, and I'm so curious. I'm not afraid. I only feel this love. Beautiful feeling of love. These beings are still talking. I can hear them singing, this wonderful singing, in a language I don't understand, but it's almost a choir. Barbara, they're talking in almost a choir? Chris, yes, it's the way they talk. It sounds like it's a choir singing, but I don't understand it. I can feel this new presence that I felt before. And we're beginning to go around this curve, and I can see this light. It's way up ahead coming from the end of the canyon. Chris, as we turn to this curved, it's a dead end. High on the canyon walls where the lights are coming from, beautiful shimmer, shimmering light sparkles and the radiance that's causing me to tremble. And as I get closer, I can see this. It's her. It's her again, Barbara. And what do you see of her? What does she look like? Chris, it's, it's the mother. It's the lady. She's calling me back. She's beautiful. I can't describe the beauty of this loving, most loving mother. She's high up on this niche, standing from a huge stone chair that's carved within the canyon walls, and she's standing in front of it, in front of this huge chair. It's much bigger than her. It's huge. It's very powerful. 
she's glowing, very beautiful. And I made a mental note of, like they mentioned the powerful chair, and it, it reminds me of Montauk and the Montauk chair, because they talked about how powerful it was. Yeah. And then another thing I noticed, like when Chris was being drawn to this location, he kept talking about like this vibration in his body and whatnot. And we've heard that a few times from people who've contacted us with uh, almost like it could possibly be the start of astral projection. Oh, yeah. You know, like in sleep paralysis cases <clears throat> yeah. where they've talked about having vibrations. Yeah, and like a hum and stuff like that. No, it was just something that, that I about, caught. You hear that sometimes about uh, people who feel like they've interacted or come into contact with portals as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, I mean, I can uh, see it if it's, <clears throat> if it's frequency-based. If you... Uh, Kenny Veach, we did that episode where he went missing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He when he went into the oh that's right the, the cave, M cave. It yeah was, it was a vibration yeah um, yeah I didn't even think about that yeah <clears throat> totally uh, uh back to the regression here Barbara she, what about her size Chris she's not very big Barbara is she human Chris she's human she's floating her feet are not on the floor she's hovering she's above me. She's up in the niche carved into the rock wall, and she's looking down at me. And I look back to see these beautiful glowing beings, and they bow down to her, and they're leaving me. They brought me to her, Barbara. And what do those beings look like? Do they look like the ones who are escorting you? Chris, they're the same ones, the guardians, the angels, the seraphim. They're loving, glowing, beautiful beautiful words the words can't describe and they're they're leaving me with her for now they leave me with her i can't describe her beauty the joy the vibration in my soul and she's so beautiful and loving it makes me want to tear up and cry she's so loving barbara let yourself really feel that too chris oh god oh lord oh lord words can't describe oh my god I can't describe the love and the sadness, the sadness she has for us all. She weeps with me. She's so beautiful. I just love her. She's beautiful. Amazing. Her gown she's wearing is a sparkly, glowing, beautiful, white, flowing gown. It looks like all the stars in the sky in this beautiful, silky gown, dressed from her neck to her feet. And I see tears. I see tears in her eyes. This is... A little note here, and during the regression on Bledsoe said so, Chris cuts, or Ryan cuts in, and I really don't know the relevance of it as to why he interjected with this here, but it is interesting nevertheless <clears throat> for a couple of reasons. So according to Ryan, his family has had a lot of run-ins with the CIA. Now, this is just weird for a couple of reasons you know we've talked with charlie from the confessionals and when we did there were there were some choice words charlie used that that blew my mind 
And I feel like it, it's relevant in this because Ryan claims that if you trace the Bledsoe lineage, you can trace it all the way back to King Arthur time. The CIA apparently believes Chris may be a reincarnation of Merlin. Sounds crazy. Ryan also notes that his wife's name is Jennifer. King Arthur's wife was Guinevere, which in ancient Welsh or Cornish, the origin of the name translates to Jennifer. And Ryan can translate to Little King. Now, that's just weird by itself. But a day or two before I found this, and this could clearly be me making connections that aren't there. But I, I, I shit you not. A day or two before I found this, before I read this, there was somebody in Discord. Don't really recognize the name. But they dropped a challenge coin. They posted a picture of a challenge coin. I remember that. What was on that challenge coin? Merlin? A wizard. Wizard, yeah. Yeah. And it it was from, he claimed it was from the Secret Services, like, tech department. Hey, Hollow Cult. The weather's getting nice, and you know what that means. It's cryptid hunting season. And the first rule to cryptid hunting is good footwear. That's why we're excited to announce our partnership with Tecovis Boots. When you're out hunting the dogman or stalking Chupacabra, you don't have time to break in boots. That's why Tecovis is so nice. They have first wear comfort. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with their styles when you're out hunting cryptids. And let me tell you, their styles are on point. I've always considered getting me a pair of snakeskin boots, and their pair is mint. They also have... Crocodile boots, caiman boots, ostrich boots, regular leather boots. They they have it all, and it's re- it's ridiculously awesome. You can even stop by their the local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events. There's no in-store experience like it. So just imagine yourself getting a pair of legitimate snakeskin Hollow Sky branded boots. How awesome would that be? Nothing is going to intimidate a dog man like a nice pair of gator skin boots. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. And I'm like... I do remember that. I was like, what the fuck are the odds of that? (laughs) And I'm not kidding. It was a day or two before I read this. This exact It was so weird. (laughs) I do remember that happening. And it was almost like he posted it for no reason, if I remember right. Like, he just dropped it. Yeah, I'm trying to He's like, just the, check out this weird challenge coin. The context of the conversation. I don't know. It was it was super weird. I do not like the way whatever these things are just overload his emotions. Oh, yeah. I don't like the way that they 
they control that, that they play into that. That's because he's, he's interpreting it as, you know, love and warmth and light and all this stuff. And in, in my brain, when's the best time you can manipulate someone is when they're in an emotional overload. Oh, for sure. When they're, when they're just completely out of their head, whether, whether it be positive emotion or negative emotion. And it's funny you say that because like he even referenced in the last interview that I watched with him, how these beings came to him when he was like basically dealing with trauma state because he was, he was sick and he was at a point of weakness. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And that's when they appeared. I don't <clears throat> to help every like because I've never heard this story before. This right, this is like I'm I'm sitting here just like glued in listening. Every everything that I'm hearing makes me feel like this is nefarious as shit. I don't know. It could be, but I I know I don't know. We'll get to it when we get to it. Uh, Barbara. At this point, she asks, and Chris, what about her face? What can you see about her face? Chris, she's the most beautiful. She she is love. She looks totally human. She's very young looking, 30s. She doesn't look very old. Youthful and beautiful in this glowing, beautiful light. But she looks very sad. The most beautiful woman I've ever seen. And her love, she radiates. My body's vibrating from the energy that she's emitting. This light is going through my body and causing me to tremble. I'm not afraid it's her presence. Oh, God, she's talking to me. Barbara, be really aware of what she's saying. Chris, oh, Lord, she's telling me that she brought me back to put the secrets there. Secrets that I would not know until the time is ready. She's telling me things. That I have to stay my course. That I can never waver. Her and her angels will never let me out of their sight. Ever. And that they're guiding me. And I have to trust what I know. I have to trust. And she's telling me that she'll place people in my path that were meant to be. That she's guiding them as well. And that we will come together at the right time. And that all will be revealed in my lifetime. Or at least my family's lifetime. And once again, I interject here with how that, that phrase there kind of messes with me. Because they, she talks about uh, guiding, and I, I like when we were dealing with Egress, I brought up how I felt like we were being guided on this on this path, and then you know I have my conversation with Bo about the timing of things, and it just like for a second there, my brain was working in a pattern of like what if all of this happened because we were meant to cross paths with Mr. Bledsoe? Uh, yeah. You know, but then now I'm sitting here and like reading this, I didn't catch it at first until right now, but, <clears throat> and I don't know. So the funny, this is the thing with the regressions. You don't quite know, but if this statement is, is a hundred percent true and this is, he's relaying what he's actually being told. He says just a few lines earlier, she's telling me that I have to stay my course, that I can never waver. Her and her angels will never let me out of their sight. That's a very peculiar line because he claims these are the same beings from his first experience, right? 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Those beings would not acknowledge his angel statement. Remember? Yeah. They yeah. said, don't answer that. But yeah. now all of a sudden they're acknowledging that they're, they're angels. It's kind of weird. It's like they're buying into it. That's, that's. That I didn't catch what... that. I didn't catch that, but our conversation and, and rereading that now. Because I mean, the more I'm sitting here and it's play, it's plaguing my mind. Just, just think about prayer, the words, the words that people use, like almighty and all, all knowing, all seeing, ever powerful, everything that we use to describe what, what we feel is God is just constantly, constantly put out there, put out there, put out there, put out there, put out there. All it would take is something bigger than us to hear us putting all of our triumphs, all of our tragedies, all of our fears, all of our hopes, directing them, it doesn't matter what religion, directing them at a God, and all they would have to do is be like, I can fake this till I make it. Oh, absolutely. That's terrifying. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And even, like, there was even, like, when I read the the Fatima experiment or encounter, right? And how the mother gave the secrets to the kids, right? Like, some of those phrasings in there were very disturbing. Like, you must obey. Like, it had this, like, overlord feel to it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, you, you mu- in order to acquire peace, you must submit to me. Yeah, which is... That's kind of fucked up. Kind of like religion. <laughs> yeah. You know? and, I, and don't get me wrong, like... And the fact... The it's just thing, those key words, like, obey. It's like... It's almost like... And when when know. she when he first encountered, encountered her, she used the term arise... Which sticks out so yeah. weird to me. Yeah. Like, like it's not, I don't know. It just, it's just almost, it doesn't seem like it should fit there, I guess. It's, I don't know. It's it a very stand, different way of yeah, talking. It stands out weird to me. It's like an old timey yeah. talk. Yeah. Like, like it's almost trying to, yeah, like it's mimicking. trying to play a part. Yeah. 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 It makes sense. It totally does. And and if you if you are trying to push a narrative where you are angels or you are God or you are you know some kind of divine creator, you're you're going to be forceful and commandful because you yeah, you I, are that's valid. You are the 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 supreme being yeah. of our existence. Right. I don't know. It it's just a I don't know. The story is just crazy. It's, 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 I don't know. Now that I've got that running through my head, it's a lot scarier than. I don't think it's angels or uh, aliens at all. I really don't. I think it's something far, far greater. Or or, even if it is, it's like, it's super nefarious. Realistically, at least in our studies, at least that I've studied, you don't hear about ETs being pure energy. Most of them have like a physical form to our knowledge. 
whenever, I don't know if we'll get to it tonight, but whenever we do my little weekly world news case, there's there's a weird part in there, man. Yeah. Where they they encounter five beings, and uh, when they first encounter them, they are just like extraterrestrials. They're they're grays, and they're like four feet tall. You know, right? The whole yeah. Thing. Well, they morph into this ball of energy and a ball of light. That's weird. Before all hell breaks loose. Huh. Which is when I was texting you, I'm like... I mean, Chris does claim that, that <laughs> these entities here can turn into whatever they want. And how he was saying, you know, the the, the balls of light are, are the beings. Yeah. That's what made me think. I'm like, it kind of ties into the Bledsoe case. Yeah, abs- yeah, for sure, for sure. I see that connection. So, I mean, <clears throat> I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know either. I don't know. But moving on I here. I hate that I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I, we're you know, not going to know with this one. I don't hate that I don't know. I don't fucking want to know. Probably not with this one. Barbara, do you know what this means when she says to stay the course? Chris, I know what she means. She's told me before. I doubted these beings that healed me, that sent them for me because of suffering and because of the plan that was created ahead of time ahead of time and that they're always been or that they've always been with me from the beginning and before and at the time that we're living is in the time that was written about in the book of revelations in the bible and in ancient texts the age is about to change it's the end of time it's the age of pisces and the beginning is the new age and a shift in the powers Every new age will bring in peace and the love of the mother and the divine feminine. And at this point, not only is he crying, but he's trembling. There are people that don't want this out and that will push back, but I have to stay the course. Never, never waver from what I know, and she will guide me and she will place the right people to help and to protect because a new beginning is coming. It's so beautiful. Barbara. So this is a very important for you, Chris, to get this contact with her and get the reassurance, this encouragement. Chris, very much. Yes, I've been so afraid. These people, I've had a lot of people trying to convince me that what I've experienced is something different. And I've been threatened. And she told me back then that I would be, but to stay the course and not waver, never, because the truth will come. The truth will come, but much trouble will come ahead. There's a lot of darkness that doesn't want the truth. The divine feminine will bring about peace and love in this new world, in this new age that's coming. It's coming, and there's nothing to stop it. It's coming. And I make this reference, but it also is going to tie into later on in probably the next episode. But... Especially now that you and me have been talking, this totally reminds me of the Brotherhood of the Snake story. Like how there was this force, and and that one was the Anunnaki. One of them within was trying to help humanity arise, you know, help them progress spiritually and everything else, but... You had these other aspects that found out and they got, they infiltrated that 
and started manipulating the you know man, yeah. manipulating it for their benefit. It's <clears throat> it's almost like whatever whatever these beings are that are visiting him are learning on the fly from him. Like how they didn't acknowledge angels, then they realized, man, Chris is a deeply religious man. All right, we're angels. Yeah, weird. You know, and they're they're just using all this knowledge they're gathering from him to further manipulate him, which too would lead to the Vatican being like, chill the fuck out, because if Chris exposes that essentially what everyone believes is God is just an entity on a just an entity out there that's more advanced than us, that changes everything. Oh, yeah. That changes everything. That what we believe is God is just some big puppet master alien race or... or Whatever thing. label. Yeah. Just just pulling the strings from up top. Like, like which... <laughs> That's kind of that's even like for me that's terrifying. Yeah, because I think that's like really that, bad. That puts out two narratives that no religious person ever 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 wants to hear. I'm not hyper religious and I ain't trying to hear that. A what we think is God isn't God. And B God is doing nothing to stop it. Yeah, that sucks. As far as, as <sighs> far, if that's the case, what what we ever thought is God never even answered back. Right. Never did anything. There's, these things caught the messages before it got there. And and I feel like the Vatican and the government are like, you know what? We we have we we have people that believe in higher beings, believe in deities, controlling the scene, and we have these entities that stepped in. And are just helping push that narrative, showing themselves to 70,000 people in Fatima, you know, do, doing this and doing that. They're like, we we essentially like, this is this is lulling the public. Like, this is keeping everybody on course, keeping everybody on par. Like, oh, you know, because I feel like, I feel like religion is, is a, is a wonderful comfort blanket for everyone. Oh, for sure. Everybody loves thinking that there is something bigger than us watching over us. For sure, absolutely. Because the op- opposite of that sucks. That we, 100%. we are out here floating around this rock on our own, that's terrifying. Yeah. And now if 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 it is these entities that are that are playing into this narrative, the government's like people people aren't even questioning it. They're just eating it up. So we're just going to let them do it. Bledsoe, chill the fuck out before these actually get exposed as not being what we think they are. And then all hell breaks loose because nobody knows what's real. Nobody knows what's going on. And once like religions start collapsing and then like it could be a horrible cascade of dominoes. If it came out that what we think are religious deities are not at all. There's, yeah, it, it would, would, it, it would, would, it would crush the pillars of everything. Yeah. Like, like we, we 
look at the aspect of God, I feel like the same way, like our, our dogs look at us, you know, yeah. we are the all provider. We are right. the all giving, we can do no wrong. And if that flip or if that narrative were to be pulled out from under, under us, like, like so millions and millions and millions of people would probably just abandon on abandon hope. Probably. They'd be, like, they'd be like, now what? You know? Yeah, there would be a lot of lost people for sure. So that that kind of like connects the dots in my head as to why the government is like shh. And why the Vatican is like shh. And why the Pentagon's like, yo, anything they're telling you, send to us. They probably have hella files trying to figure out what the fuck these things are doing. Oh, I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it at all. But uh, we're going to get back here. Yeah, sorry. To the regression. No worries. I just fucking... On a rampage. People are going to tell me to stop interrupting. No, it's fine. I wanted this. Barbara, and are you part of this change? When she says you must stay the course, are you part of what will bring about the change? Chris, yes. This message that my experience is from love, it is not from fear. But love has its own and fear has its own and that we should love one another because things are getting out of hand and the world is in chaos and fear is setting in. The fear will overcome us all and darkness will win. Barbara. And now you have this wonderful, important reassurance and scary as it is with these other people who don't want this, they will be there. They will help you. They will sustain you. Chris. They are helping me. They are. She's telling me to remember, to remember to never forget what it is that I know never change. Never let anyone persuade me otherwise. Barbara, it's very important, isn't it? Chris, yes, I've had so much fear that's come upon my family, people that threatened us, my children, my wife. Yes, they don't want this out. They don't want it out. This group, they want the darkness. And the mother wants us all to love one another because if we don't, it might be too late. Too many lives might be lost that we can make a huge difference. We have to. We have to. We have to tell the truth. We have to stick what our principles are with love. It's all about love and not fear. Fear is the enemy. Fear is awful. It's so beautiful. Barbara, can you, can you get a sense now for who this mother lady is? Chris, yes. She's the mother of all. She's the comforter, the Holy Spirit. She's the third part of the Trinity. She's the mother. She loves us all. She loves everything. Our earth, our seas, and every living creature, and she weeps at us, at our destruction. But we have free will. We have free will to choose between love and fear. She loves us all. She loves us. She's the most beautiful mother, the comforter. It's wonderful. She's always been there. She's been here from creation, from the beginning of all time, the universal creation of all the, that lives, the manifest, manifestation of the Comforter, and the one who truly loves us. She's here to help. She's here to help guide us. And she will always be with you. This is Barbara. And she will always be with you, even if you don't see her. Every time she'll be protecting you and guiding you. Chris, yes, she has been. She told me she would. She told me during Easter when she came and she brought me back to give, give me these things, these words that would unfold as the time comes. She's the guide. She's guiding us all. 
She loves us all. Everyone and every living natural thing. It's so beautiful. Barbara and Chris, can you see or tell now why she has particularly chosen you to be doing this very important work? Chris, she didn't tell me why. She just told me that it was the plan, a plan from the beginning, before my beginning, and that they'd always been with me. She's always been there watching, guiding, protecting for this time. This time is now, and it centers around the new beginning, the new age. She's telling me that the people of this planet are making biblical scripture take place, and that they've given us the scripture through people, and that we are being guided. These people are in power making this happen, some in a good way, and some not so good. And those who are not such a good way to bring around the darkness, the dark force. And she's in fear of our suffering, of it being so great that she's coming to warn us. It's here. It's now. Barbara, does it seem like the dark forces are particularly active now? Chris, yes, now more than ever, plotting and scheming to take away our love. And when we lose that, we are living in fear, and it's over. It will not be good. It will not be good, and it comes quickly. The earth is out of balance. Our vibration is totally linked. Our vibration is totally linked to her, and to this earth, and into love. Our fear. And as we are in fear, our vibration drops to a lower level, which throws every living thing, every tree, every plant, every creature, including this earth, Its vibration is off, and it's beginning to shake and tremble and self-destruct. We have to change that we have to change this fear. We have to change it. We have to bring love into this earth, into this world, into our hearts and our minds to bring about peace. Never look at fear. Never talk of negativity. Never bring it in our lives. Remove it completely from us to stop this negative vibration from going on. If we don't, it's going to be a major loss because the earth is encoded. She says the earth is encoded. It's part of its makeup to rid itself of negativity and darkness. And that it's a process that has started that only we can stop by love. And with love, we can awaken into a new love. A new world of peace, which was foretold. It's so beautiful. I'm going to stop right there for a second because... Weren't you not too long ago talking about uh, the Earth's vibration and how it's raising? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'd read, I'd read a theory. I wish I could remember. Because there's a thing where it, you can check. They call it the Earth's heartbeat, and it has to do with these vibrations. Yeah, as well. and it had been going up, and it was a theory that the pandemic happened because there were so many people that it was offsetting vibration, so they released it to drop the population a little bit, to get the vibration back on track. Kind of weird. And I, I'll let let you continue. Yeah, I think, I don't think we have too much of the regression left. I'll let you continue the regression before I go off on another tangent here. But I'm just like, my brain's all over. My brain is all over the damn place. Barbara, so it's very important for you to do this work and to inspire others to do the work. And Chris begins to crying a lot. Chris, yes, she's bringing us together for this time. She's bringing us together. This is the plan. This is part of her plan, and I have to stay the course. I can never waver and not look at fear. Never give in to the fear and never change for what it is. I know 
to, to stay my course and she will be there, her and her angels. When there are dark forces lurking about, physical and non-physical, that would be attacking me and this family, put the trust in her and the lights, the lights that appear. It's a higher vibration and I can never change. I know, I feel it. I feel that euphoria that I feel when I'm in her presence, Barbara. And you can go on feeling that from this point. Chris, yes. It's so beautiful. It just makes me cry. So sweet. This is not my sadness. It's from joy, her joy. But I'm afraid for the people and from what they showed me. The images of what could come are not good. We can change it. We have to. We have to be in love. We can't be in fear. Never in fear. Barbara, so do you know from her the way that you are to help? Chris, I'm helping. She's guiding the natural way. It's what they do. They guide us. They care for us and every living thing they created. They tend to it and they and they nurture it. And these dark forces are so scary. And I've seen them, the physical and non-physical. Barbara, so your connection with her, the mother, is going to be continuing. It has always been continuing and will pro- and will continue to as well. You probably have more meetings with her, do you think? Chris, yes. She's always there, and when I feel that feeling, it's her. Everything's a part of her that we can all feel. We can feel it if we open our heart. We have to shed all pride and greed and rid the joy or feed the joy and hum- humble ourselves. And we'll find that. We can find that higher place. It's so magical. We can talk, we can walk with them. We can be like them. They want us to awaken. And we have to now before it's too late, before too many are lost. Barbara, so the project you're doing with Lori, is that very much part of what you're supposed to be doing? Chris, absolutely. It was her. She's created this whole thing, and she's protecting everyone involved. She's with us all, and she's with you. She's brought us all together for this information that has to be given, and very many many will accept. A lot won't, but we have to try. We have to try and spread this love and this message that these lights, that there is other life, not just here, but everywhere. Everything is a living being with consciousness. The trees, even the grass that we walk on has a consciousness that is pre-programmed to this world, to this earth, just as we are. We're all a part of her and her beautiful love for us, but she weeps with sadness at what may happen if we don't find that place. I keep seeing these images I was shown I can never forget, and that's all not to scare me, but it's part of this message of love. It was symbolic. It was symbolic of our world, of the natural world. It was the keys, the symbol of the natural world, that we are all a part of nature and that everything is a part of nature, the forces of nature. It was nothing more than a symbol, Barbara, and it made an impression on you, didn't it? Chris, yes, it did. I've, I've never known, but I knew it was living, but it had no legs, no head, no tail. It was living, and she's telling me that we are all basically the same, We have no direction. We don't know which way we're going or coming. Barbara, just like that unusual life form. Chris, yes. 
It didn't know where to go, but it is alive. And that we're pretty much the same way. We're blinded in fear. It's what's blinding us, keeping us from awakening, and it's destroying the planet. This earth is alive. It's becoming out of balance because we are doing it. The humans are doing it through fear and negativity. We have to change that. War, rumors of war, has people in fear. And the fear is growing. And the earth is becoming more and more out of balance, which is not good. I hate the fear. Oh, Lord. Barbara. And can you know from her about the other beings who they really are and where they're from? Chris, there are many beings, many kinds. There are those that have a very bad agenda for humanity. They prey on us, almost parasitic, and attaches itself through fear. And they come, and they come in all sorts of ways. They come from above, and there are those that live among that we hardly recognize. There are those in the sea. These beautiful beings live in the sea, and they protect us, but they're not bad, benevolent. They watch over us, but the sea is like the sky. It's like deep space. It doesn't matter. They just stay out of sight, but they watch over us, and they tend to every living thing that walks or crawls or swims. And there are others. There are others from other worlds, other dimensions. Spirits of our loved ones exist among us. We just have to find love. But I don't know who they are. I don't know. I've seen some. I felt the fear from some. Barbara, some of the other beings? Chris, yes, because they don't want this message. They don't want the love. They don't want her message out there. But the lights, these lights, these beautiful orange, the burning ones... They're the ones with the triangle, the good ones, the ones that, ha that helped create us universally. And every living thing, we have to revolve, we have to awaken. They tend to us like we're in a ter terrarium, like a farm, and she loves us. They love us, but there are those that will come that don't, and that's why the guardians will keep those at bay. But we have free will, and that's our choice. There are other things that I can't remember. What she told me would come in time, at the right time. Barbara, but in the meantime, you were to, to be bringing the good in, the lights to counteract the dark. Is that right? Chris, yes, that's the course. I have to stay. And if we don't spread the light, the darkness will overcome. She's the mother. Barbara, so does that give you any inspiration now to carry on and stay the course? Chris, absolutely. Yes, it does. And nothing can waver that. I'm willing to go to give what it takes to do what I have to do. Barbara, and not give into the fear and darkness. Or, excuse me, and not to buy into the fear and darkness. Chris, never buy into, into the fear. Barbara, and that's quite a challenge when you and your family are getting threatened. Chris, yes. Barbara, but if you keep remembering about this wonderful mother and the other beings who pledge to be with you, always that will help in dealing with the fear. Chris, yes, she's always been there, and I know they are because they come when I cry out to her in fear for my family or for myself. They're always there. They're always near. They hear everything we say, everything, and they direct our lives. If we allow them to... We have to allow them to. If we don't, 
were on our own, and that's what she asked of me. She didn't make me. She asked me, would I do this? This is my burden that I must bear. I'll never change. There's been so many to try and convince me from every angle, from my family to churches to friends, but I will never change. And I kind of, I admire that statement because even to this day, you can tell he, he will not waver from his story at all. Like he, he's set in his, you know, roots. He's not, he's just not going to budge on it. So I do kind of admire that. Oh yeah. <clears throat> Cause whatever this is like, he, he's, he's straight double down on it. He's like, this is it. Which tells me he did definitely experience something. You know, I, I will not question that. Oh, yeah. 100%. But uh, Barbara says, they tried to convince you not to talk about these things, Chris, and not to believe that it's good. Dark forces come and try to tell me that I'm wrong and that it's bad, that it's demonic, that it's evil, it's negative, and threaten me at times if I don't change. But I will never change because I cannot. I cannot tell... I cannot not tell the truth because I've made an agreement that I must stick to. It's the watchman. She gave me the scripture of the watchman. I can see beautiful images. Now, according to Ryan, the scripture is from Joel, the watchman in the Old Testament. It basically says, if you don't blow the trumpet, the enemies are coming. Then all the blood of the innocent who are slaughtered will be on your hands. So basically, that's what the mother is telling Chris right now like hey if you're not going to warn everybody about the evil that's coming the giant onslaught that will happen is going to be on your hands this will be your fault no wonder he's doubled down right <laughs> so Chris it's the it's the watchman she gave me the scripture of the watchman I can see beautiful images Barbara do you feel like you're still there in the canyon with the lady now Chris I feel more that she's inside of me Barbara, she's always with you? Chris, yes, she's always with you too. She's with us all. She's with anyone that will allow her. All we have to do is seek. Barbara, and is there anything else that you need to see about this experience? Chris, no ma'am. Barbara, let's just go now to the very finishing of this experience where you find yourself back at home again. Chris, I'm awakening at home. Barbara, where are you when you're waking up? Chris, back where I was in bed. Barbara, is your wife there? Chris, no, she's not there. She's in the house, but she's not there. Barbara, so you're waking up the normal way you always wake up. Chris, I'm waking up with tears from what just happened. The most amazing experience. Oh God, words can't describe. Barbara, just notice too, while you're waking up, are you in your normal sleeping clothes that you went to bed in? Chris, no, I'm fully dressed and I don't know how. I don't know how I'm dressed, but I'm barefooted with clothes on. This is so strange. Barbara, just go back a little bit, just for general interest. Go back to how it was that you happened to be fully dressed. Just how that occurred. Obviously, you you were returned just to see how it is that it happened, but you were fully dressed. Chris. When the door opens, I hear their voices, and they come in directing me to get dressed. Barbara, so they came into your room? Chris, yes, they directed me to get dressed. Barbara, and do you know why? Chris, I don't know why. I'm just getting dressed.
Barbara, can you ask them if you like? Chris, because they're taking me. They want me to get dressed to go with them into the ceiling. Barbara. Oh, so the getting dressed happened before you were floated up through the ceiling, through the attic and the roof, up into the bubble. Chris. Yes, they came into the room and I crawled back into bed and that's when it pulls me up into the light. Barbara. So you're fully dressed at that point in bed. Chris. Yes, they did. They did it. They directed it. Barbara. I see. So maybe it's very appropriate that your wife wasn't right there because that would be an unusual thing for you to do, to get fully dressed and then go back into bed. Chris, yes. And they knew she wasn't there. They are all-knowing guardians. Barbara, is there anything else, Chris, that you've been wondering about, about this whole experience, about the beautiful mother or the other beings? Chris, at this moment, I can't say. I feel as if I'm on fire. Barbara, wow. Chris, yes, it's so hot. Barbara, and is that disturbing kind of hot, or how would you describe it? Chris, it comes from re-entering to my room, or from retiring to my room, and that's why I'm hot. Barbara, is the room hot? Chris, yes, because I'm dressed and the room is very hot. Barbara, that's just a natural thing from where you live? Chris, yes. Barbara, so normally when you wake up, you'd be hot because the temperature there is hot, but you wouldn't be as hot as you are fully dressed. Chris, yes. Barbara, so now that answers your question as to why you were fully dressed. Chris, yes. Barbara, and the one you've been thinking of as the lady that is now the same one you're thinking as the mother, all the same wonderful, glorious being. Chris, Yes, for all eternity, she cares for us and all of humanity and every living thing, but Earth is first, and Earth has a code. The code is triggered by fear from humanity, and it has it in an imprinted code and controlling population, and all of humanity, it was built into the foundation of this world, the nature to keep itself in balance, and as humanity grows, the fear becomes more strong, which affects the resonance of this planet. And there are plans from the dark force that will to overcome us all. It's what it wants to do, but we must overcome the fear and not give in to it. Barbara, so you are to help many other people to not give in to it and recognize it and to not go into fear. Chris, yes, and to understand that what we are seeing is not all evil and that it's part of love and creation. The angels and the principalities, agents of the creator or creation. They work for creation. Barbara, so you have found that the church, even the Catholic church, is open and responsive to this kind of teaching. Chris, I think they will be. They will be. They'll want to be. And that they'll accept a good many will accept the truth. It's been hidden away. This is in biblical terms. And she said the apocalypse to reveal that which is hidden. To tell... The truth because we have a choice to live in fear and die by fear or live in love and find happiness and peace we have that choice and of all of humanity at this point deserves the truth it has to be told it has to be told that's been mandated to be told we have free will so we have to barbara we have free will and we can choose 
then perhaps more and more people will need to be educated about the fact that we have to do this. Chris, yes. Barbara, between the fear and the evil and the good and the light. Chris, yes, yes. Barbara, and you're very much a part of that. Chris, not that I wanted to be. Barbara, you've been very chosen for this and very assisted and accompanied in doing this. And the pledge to use that is this accompany and this protection, this love will continue to be with you. Chris, yes, it has to. Barbara, so it's very important, isn't it, that you have revisited this today and know it more fully than you have known it before. Chris, it's so joy- joyful, their presence. Barbara, and hopefully you can go forward from this point with your mission and with more of a sense that you are always guided and protected. Chris, yes. I know that without a doubt. I know that, and that's why they come when I call. They come to reassure, and they come when others need help, out of love, if we ask them to. Protectors. Barbara, so the others, they really need to call to them, don't they? Chris, yes, everyone does. Barbara, so do you have the sense that there are many, many wonderful beings, too, just willing to help and waiting to be called? Chris, Yes. Many throughout this universe, throughout creation, they created us out of love and kindness, and the dark force tries to destroy that which is created in fear and in hate, and that has to go. Chris, and this is what has has to be told. Make this world understand that this new knowledge can bring out peace, because too many people are dying and suffering over religions, thoughts, and teachings. This is why it has to be told. The truth has to come out. The revealing. The truth that we're not alone and meaningless. And that we come from nothing that is such so much a lie and not true. We're very special and that we were created in free will to find that. For our soul to journey onto a new place so we can't live in fear. We have to shed that away. Barbara. And so much of the world's culture seems to be encouraging fear, encouraging fear of all kinds of things all the time. Chris, yes, and the dark forces know that. And they actually engineer it, and it breeds upon itself if you let it fester, and it becomes more negative. But we have to tell the truth. We have to change everything to find that new place, that new beginning. And it's time. It's now. Barbara, so do you feel in you a little more energy for getting on with it and dealing with it? Chris. Yes, ma'am, I do. Barbara. Great. Chris. I feel guidance now and understanding of things better. But there's still still so much unseen that's there. This is about disaster coming that I was shown that doesn't have to happen, and if we don't change, we're going down the wrong path. Humanity will never awaken. It will be stolen from us through fear and darkness. The truth will bring love and peace upon this world. And it will be through the mother and the love from the feminine, the mother energy that brings about the light and nourishment and love to this world. Because the man energy is so rough and warlike, but it has to be moved to the side. And the woman will rise up. She told me this. The women will rise up, and they are. And we've only seen that. They will become empowered and lose the fear they carried forever. Barbara. And as this happens, they can help to balance out the energies that have been going in the, in the wrong direction. Chris. 
Yes, the mother is love. That's what we need, Barbara. Well, is there anything else you need to think about or see or know at this point right now? Chris, not at this point. I'm in a place of processing. I keep seeing images flashing, beautiful living colors, flashing in and out of things that are coming. Processing. It's amazing. I'm so grateful. Barbara. And those beings are grateful for you and what you're doing. Chris, they healed me. They came at my lowest point. They came. They set me up on a on solid ground, and they came because I was crying out for help. Barbara, and they'll continue to do that too. Chris, continue to be with you and come even if you come into another really low point. And you can call out to them, and they will come. They've committed to that. They made that promise to you. Chris, yes, they did, and the mother too. Barbara, and they apparently work really well together, the beings and the mother. Chris, yes, there are many things, many, but they work for her. She's the mother of all, the comforter. She's here to warn us because I wouldn't listen and I was so attacked. She had to come herself knowing that when she came, I would not doubt any longer. Barbara, well, you're continuing to process this as you go forward this day and all the days ahead, and I encourage you to remember, as you need, the incredible love, light that is there for you, and the support and the guidance and the imperative nature of doing something to change the way that it is on earth. Chris, yes, it's all about nature. It's alive, and we live within it, and there's a lot of nature we can't see, forces that are here but unseen. Barbara, but you know from your own experience that this is real and true and lasting. Chris, yes. Barbara, so if you're ready to come back to this time and place in the situation, just know you will carry this with you now, that it becomes more into your awareness. It's much more full, much more something you can trust. And that is the end of the regression. <sighs> I don't even know what direction I'm going to go with this. Chaos. Um, first off, we can't overlook the fact that when he first encountered these, it was 100% textbook abduction. Yeah. Textbook abduction. For sure. And... <laughs> If it is an all all encompassing, most powerful, supreme religious being in the universe, it's all love and everything. Why would you go to somebody in such a horrifying, terrifying way that is an abduction? That's a good point. That is, those are life-altering, traumatic. Because both of them, him and his son, Chris Jr., were kind of like fucked up by the the original yeah. experience. And he said that they came to him at his lowest point, which you hear all the time when people are down and out. It's when negative things make their way in. Right. And on some different notes here, I was talking to Discord Kyle a little bit about the previous episode and the statements I made where they were almost countering God. Yeah. Me and him were talking about, like, if it is uh, uh alien being or a being from another dimension or another galaxy, whatever, what makes Earth so special? 
any any uh, elements, any anything like that can be found anywhere else in the universe, except as far as we know, humans. Me and me and Kyle, DNA. Yeah. Consciousness. Um, souls, maybe. Yeah, that that was kind of initially where my brain went. Uh, emotions, fear, and love. Right. And it's like this, the mother is so adamant about keeping humanity alive, not letting it destroy itself, almost like it wants its its little garden to keep producing. Yeah, it was kind of disturbing reading this again when he referenced us as like a terrarium. Yeah. I was like... they, They take care of us. When I was running, he, when he described it that way, I was kind of like, oh, that that's, is, that's kind of fucked up. That is terrifying. We're pets. Yeah. And if we have something that they, that they use, dude, like that, like you said, the case strain and that, that one line in the song where he's doing the spoken word and he says, uh, all, what's he say? All beings have souls. And all souls can be devoured. Great. Yeah. All all living things, all beings have souls, and all souls can be devoured. Like I get I was thinking of that while you were reading, and I was I hear how how invested Chris is in these beings and how he is a hundred percent a hundred percent into what they are doing. And I just picture this whole like this whole big event taking place like Chris and the beings are finally ready to like expose themselves and get get the final message put out to the world you know it, it could be live on television or whatever in front of a huge audience and the big door opens up like every time they go to visit him it's in, in this weird fucked up abduction type way yeah so, every uh, even the the Fatima story like it yeah. It sounds like a fucking UFO exactly. comes out of the sky. Exactly. I'm just picturing it like as a motion picture film. Like Chris is on the fucking, he's on the lawn of the White House and the door opens up behind the lighthouse. And Chris is go, Chris is like, here she comes. Isn't she beautiful? And out steps this like unfathomable abomination that we can't even f- like just this formless violent being that we can't even imagine. And in his mind... It's the most beautiful right. woman oh, that, he's dude, ever that would be the seen. worst. And that thing steps through the door. That would be the worst. And then what do we do? Suffer the consequences. Drink a monster. And try to run. <laughs> because, like, that, her, the narrative those beings are pushing through him is not adding up. To, it is weird. To something positive. It is weird. <clears throat> And the fact that they reference they reference other beings and they reference like they're talking about how all these people want to stop us and oh, everybody's trying to mislead you and this yeah, and that. Well, and, and like that. I said, because normally, normally when like like the the CIA and the Vatican are on one side, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna probably step to the other side. Of oh that. yeah. But this, I'm like, holy shit! Like even the even like the Vatican's like, stop. Yeah. Stop talking. I don't know. And like I said, it reminds me a lot of the narrative from Brotherhood of the Snake because you had like these two factions warring. You have them fighting for control. 
over the enlightenment or imprisonment of the human race because one side of them wanted to keep a more or less a straight a slave culture and the other one was like no these people are spiritual we need to uprise them and when you i don't know it's all a lot of this falls right in line with you know some the, the talking of love using the references of love that that goes right back to stardust and what those beings told him and yeah i didn't think about that it's almost like oh, dude i don't know and and the fact that his first encounter was so much different like they were just feeling him out like like what does this guy believe what does yeah, he put two, all his faith into the two what encounters is, don't add up no because now now it's all sunshine and rainbows you right know, they're here to protect me they're here to have me put my message out but the first time First time you mentioned God, he's like, yeah, they're like, yeah, whatever, we're God, you know. It's so weird. And now, like, I don't. I I didn't catch that the angel reference until I was just rereading it again, and I'm like, that is that really throws a red flag. Now they know that he is all about it. Like he is a firm, solid believer in God and angels, and they're like, yeah, yeah, we can do that. We found our angle. We can do that too. And now he's he is a hundred percent in. They have him oh, for yeah. whatever they for want. life. And the fact that they're they're supposed they're like religious uh super super entities and they still abduct him from his fucking bedroom, like through the ceiling. If if you're omnipotent, omnipresent, you don't have to do that. Well Just, remember that because the next episode we're gonna cover something really fucked up in regards to that abduction. Oh, even better, even better. Because if if you are the great ruler, all creator of humanity, you don't have to pull someone through the ceiling and make sure they get dressed before they go outside. You could just snap your finger. That's true. And ta-da. That's true. You don't even have to take anybody anywhere. You could just put all the information in their fucking brain. Yeah. And they do at times through those downloads where he looks at the light and it goes. Yeah. Because they are not what they claim to be. I mean, I'm kind of in that camp. I don't know what they, I don't even know what you'd classify them as. I I don't have a clue. It could be just some like, like rogue entity traveling the, the galaxy, like has no, no focus, no path, no route. No anything, yeah. and he just he all of a sudden well, starts, and then he starts hearing the prayers, and he's like, "Man, who is this?" And you know what else is funny? That all these little pe- these little things keep keep yelling at. He makes that reference about the the like bad entities, like like feeding off our fear and and the the fear and the darkness and this that and the other. Well, that's one of the things the Draconians are notorious for is they love feeding off humanity's fear. Yeah. And that that first go back to the first abduction. What did he talk about? How fucking scared he was the oh, whole yeah, time. For sure. And for 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 beings that don't don't want everybody to be afraid and don't want to don't want other beings to feed off fear. What what's the other thing? Like what's what's the first thing they did in that abduction? Separate him from his son. So he's yeah. automatically fucking afraid for All his right. game. Yeah, for sure. That's that weird flex for a being that just wants love and not fear. Right. Yeah. That's a valid point. <laughs> but at this point, we are fucking two hours in. Oh, shit. It's like we're going to kill this episode. Okay. Pick her back up <laughs> on the next one. That's round three of the Bloodstone Encounter. And it just one keeps more part. getting more out. Oh, like, I don't know. I, 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 
I feel for the dude. Like, I have uh, immense sympathy for everything that he's gone through and just uh, everything. I don't know. Anyway, catch us next week for round four of the Bledsoe Saga. Until we meet again, stay safe, stay weird. And if entities start abducting you and claim that they are the all holy almighty, just just take it just just take a second and question it. You know, just go with it. Just just be careful. Yeah.